on episode 92 of the High Performance Leadership Podcast, Effective Branding. When the vision is aligned with the culture and the image of the organization, you get this cohesiveness. You're listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast, insights and information from world-class leadership experts. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Randy Lane. On today's episode, we're talking with ID Group founder and president Mona Amadeo. She explains why an effective brand is more than an image or a logo. And now, here's my talk with Mona. If we could start, can you kind of introduce yourself and tell us about your background? My name is Mona Amadeo, and I own a brand transformation firm in Pensacola, Florida. I've been doing it since about 1989. Prior to that, I was a documentary producer oh, wow. uh, and instructor at the University of West Florida, where I told stories about countries and political situations. Mm-hmm. And after deciding that perhaps traveling to Panama and uh, places like um, Cuba and all, and with a six-year-old daughter at home, thought maybe a mother needed to do something a bit different. So literally with the last paycheck from, from that venture, I started ID Group in 1989. And over time have evolved it into what we are today, which is a brand transformation. Excellent. I have a similar background. I was a former military journalist, so I did a lot of stories and traveling. We just just share a lot in common, don't we? (laughs) Doodles doodles and journalism. Yes. (laughs) But I think kind of what you said before that you're probably taking to your new, or not new, but this venture, this part of your life, is that stories really matter, that people connect with the stories. Is that right? Absolutely. I think we are hardwired from the beginning of civilization when we sat around uh, campfires or we tried to t- record our reality on the cave walls. We're just hardwired to tell stories and more importantly, to connect around stories. Mm-hmm. And so I found that when wherever, whatever story we were telling, you know, through the work at the university, people have a need to tell the story, but they also have a need to be a part of the story. Mm-hmm. And that is really the basis that I brought to ID Group maybe not so succinctly stated in 1989, but somehow figured that out along the way. Excellent. So ID Group, you've kind of hit on a little bit, but what kind of services do you guys provide? The work we do at ID Group is really the essence of what is in the book. Over the years, through academic research, experimenting with clients, doing a doctoral thesis, doing research, have created something called branding from the core. And branding from the core, uh, kind of, we are trying to reject the traditional perspective that branding is all about sizzle, that it's really about the spin. We believe that branding for organizations begins inside of the company at the core values and beliefs and purposes of that organization. And to your point, it's about how do we engage the stakeholders in an organization in shaping that story that ultimately they've got to live. ID Group purpose is to help organizations shape, share, and live a story that is meaningful, that is authentic, and that, you know, goes back to that concept of connection. We're here on this earth a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. And so and work is a lot of what we do. Giving people a place where they feel a part of something, they're connecting to something, something that matters, and then reaching, telling that story in a way to the marketplace that brings people in to be a part of the story is, is what we do. So branding from the core is the basis of the work. It's the basis of the book, but that's what we do. So when I first think about branding, I'm thinking of like an organization that doesn't have a brand or doesn't have an identity. Is that what you're talking about? Or do you also work with organizations who already have established look and feel? Yeah. So let me begin with kind of the definition of 
branding Perfect. in the world according to Mona, right? But branding for us or a brand is simply the meaning that people hold in their head when they hear your name. It could be your individual brand. Uh, it can be a product brand. It can be an organization brand. Uh, we work with all three. And so the question then becomes, how do we shape that meaning in a way that is consistent with the intentions of the organization or with the, uh, the individual or the product? A brand is then meaning uh, that is frankly socially constructed, you know, it's, it's air, but it's also one of the most valuable assets any company has or owns. From a standpoint of branding is then the intentional process of creating that meaning. When we work with companies, for instance, a product, a brand new product, we have to help them shape that sense of who they are, what they do, and why anybody should care. Tell that story in a way that is meaningful and equally important deliver. It's sometimes brand is thought of as only visual identity, mm -hmm. meaning logos and the colors and all of that. And that certainly is a very important part of it because that symbols, it's all about symbolism. But at the same time, the brand is not a logo and a logo is not the brand. It is only part of the bigger story that we help construct so that people align what their intentions are with what it is they're trying to connect with the marketplace and to employees. When you say brand, it's kind of like the perception of your company or organization. Is it equally important for it to be understood internally and externally? Because I typically think of branding as how the outside sees you. Yeah. That's what we talk about a lot, you know, when we say the name of the book, Beyond Sizzle. The intention is that that's what most people think about. Oh, let's spin the story, let's create the illusions, let's connect with everyone. And that's wonderful, that's all part of it. But ultimately you gotta deliver, <laughs> particularly in today's world where technology rules everything, right? Social media is king. The days are gone when you could spin kind of the story and the not so much worry about the internal pieces of things. But now in today's world, that alignment between who you want people to believe and or you are and what you deliver, that alignment, we call it between perception and performance, ultimately is what creates trust. And the, the goal of branding in its biggest and most amazing piece of when it's done at its best is to create trust because trust then allows me to come back to you on a regular basis because I know I'm going to get the same thing. It's consistent with what I'm looking for. And trust also, there's another piece to it, you know, really does come back to this concept of values. Um, so yes, a long answer, but that alignment between three pieces of what we call the brand ecosystem, the identity of the organization, which has to do with who we want, who we believe we are and how we want people to perceive us. Image, basically what other people say uh, about you. And the third is your culture. How do you build a performance culture that really is connected with that sense of identity that sense of purpose, those sense of values in a way that delivers consistently. If I have an organization or I'm in an organization, how do I know that my branding is good or bad? You know, there's two things. I mean, I can give you the academic sense, right? You have to do research and research is going to give you, but, and that is part of it. I think you have to keep your finger on the pulse. Uh, again, if we think about meaning, uh, if brand equals meaning, then doing perception surveys, paying attention to the customer, asking your employees, your frontline people know what's going on. Now, most of the time we just don't want to know, right? We really don't want to know. <laughs> we just operate under this illusion. Oh, everything's fine. But that constant feedback loop, 
talking to the customers, listening to the customers, talking to the employees. It's so simple, yet it's something that most of us just kind of try to overcomplicate with this old saying, you know, just listen to what people say and ask good questions and they'll tell you. There's no doubt about it, they'll tell you. So if you feel like maybe you don't have a good brand, what are some of the symptoms of that? Like in my head, I'm thinking people don't understand who we are or what we stand for or things like that. Yeah, I think, you know, in the book, we talk about this alignment. We call it the the vision, culture, image, VCI alignment. Much like individuals, when we see a healthy individual, how an individual sees himself or herself, the way that their actions reflect that, and then the, the way the world sees and responds to them. It's the same thing with organizations. Um, you know, I was thinking this morning before getting on the this call with you, we work a lot with entrepreneurs. We work, you know, with companies that, you know, has the founding person at that's still at the helm. And, you know, you start a company with a dream. You start a company with a vision of what might be. And, of course, the most successful companies, the most successful brands, serve the wants, needs, desires of people in a way that's different from, from others. And I think, you know, the when we sat out and started trying to figure out how do we help leaders really bring to fruition, to life, the vision uh, that they started out for, a lot of risk, right? A lot of time, a lot of everything is involved in starting a company. And what we found through our research, as well as the research from a lot of amazing scholars that I've had an opportunity to work with, is this. The vision of an organization, where that company wants to go, must be aligned with the culture of the organization, how people live and act. And culture is another one of those strange terms, you know, Mm -hmm. that exactly what what is culture. But culture has to do with how a company lives its values, Mm -hmm. how it lives its values. So the culture and then the image. So when the vision is aligned with the culture and the image, excuse me, the culture and the image of the organization, you get this cohesiveness that allows the company to function in a very, what we call a virtuous, in a virtuous cycle, meaning the closer all that gets together, the stronger the brand. So those are the things that have to be aligned in order to create a really strong brand. So when we are working with companies, that's the first thing we start with, is we try to analyze the degree of alignment between those three components of the organization. Some of that is research, some of that is talking to customers, some of that's talking to employees, the leadership. The first thing you have to do is establish, is there alignment between these three things? And if not, how do we align? Sometimes there's a really strong alignment between what the organization's leader wants and kind of how they're living, but they're doing a really bad job telling the story. Sometimes they're telling a story that's not in alignment (laughs) at all with what they're delivering. So any of that misalignment creates dysfunction, just like with people. When you don't live who you believe you are in a way that is consistent with your actions and with what you're saying, you create dysfunction. And organizations are the same way. For you and for your organization, would you rather work with an entrepreneur that's just starting out and doesn't really (laughs) have their clear vision yet? Or do you like working with the larger organizations that have their brand set and they're trying to like correct it maybe? You know, it's both is very interesting work. You know, we're working with a company right now. We, like I said, we, we tend to do more work around organization brands, but we do some product brands too from the ground up. So we work with both. Both have their own challenges both have their great opportunities. You know, some people think it's easier to 
start something from the beginning and it is and do it right and, and get everything aligned because a lot of a lot of leaders don't really have this view they see all but oftentimes they see kind of our hr department over here and our our marketing people are over here and our pr people are over here what we're what we look at is this is a management approach to to it so that we're looking at this from a standpoint of how do we create strategies that create a brand that help you win in the marketplace and that requires all this integration. So yes, it's easier sometimes to start with somebody who's a blank slate and says, help us, we need to do this right, than it is sometimes to go into an organization and try to change things. But typically when people call us, they're in such a situation <laughs> that the pain is such that they're willing to look at new ways of doing things. Mm. And so I, I, we enjoy both. Both are challenges and both are helping people figure it out and, and helping people figure out how to make a, a dream, a vision come true. So I think our organization is very similar to yours in that when companies come to us, they say, you know, we need help. Uh, we're not performing the way we should. And yeah. our first approach is always to assess them and then to help them build their strategy. And one of the biggest pushbacks we often get is that the C-suite leaders think that the problems are all below them and they're not willing to be part of the process or it's painful because, you know, they built the company and it's been done their way. And now we're looking at a different way of doing things to try and help them. Do you run into that sort of issue at all? Oh, sure. I think we all do change. It's not fun, right? And it's got to be somebody else's fault. That's just <laughs> natural. That's just a human, you know, it's always the human, human piece of this. I will say that for us, there is no discussion around this. The people who are the leaders must be engaged in what we do because we are operating at such a strategic level that when we, our first step is sitting down with the leaders and getting their perspectives about what they think is going on, as you probably do too. And the other thing that I don't know if you run into this also, everybody wants a magic bullet. Mm -hmm. uh, and mainly they want us to be the magic bullet. Yep. And we're not, you know, we always say to people that we very much believe the answers are in the room. That's one of our mantras that we operate off of. I like that. Our job is to ask really good questions, um, to have a lot of clarity around what's it look like when we get where we're going, and then to guide people. It's, it's much like I'm a big football fan, and uh, it's much like the football coach, right? We can... We can we, we, we know we've been there, we've done that. As we say, it's not our first rodeo. We understand process, our research, the work we do is very researched. Ultimately, the players have to perform mm. and we can't fix that. Uh, that's why I think going back to our earlier conversation, when we talk about concepts, and I know these, these terms today are so overused purpose and values, but think about this. <laughs> I'm always, sometimes I just, I was running this morning and I thought about, you know, how can I explain this? Here's what we do in organizations. I, I once had a, I have a mentor, actually one of the people who the book is dedicated to, Mary Jo Hatch, who's just a phenomenal thinker and early writer around some of the ideas that I work with. But, you know, think about this. We take a bunch of people, all from different walks of life. Mm -hmm. We throw them together in this thing called an organization and we say, perform. <laughs> You know, <laughs> go. When we really think about how absurd that is. Yeah. Think about how absurd that is. So this glue, this collective sense of identity, this collectiveness is so, so important to the success 
of an, any organization. So I think when you talk about leaders and change and all that kind of thing, what we try to do is just get them to look at things a little bit differently and understand that their greatest role is in helping create that collective sense, that rallying point, that belief, you know, that they, they're the evangelist ultimately. And if the evangelist is sitting on the sideline in the tent because they don't want to be a part of what's going on, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to work. Yeah, I, I hear you, and I, I we see it. We see it also, but we just frankly don't work with companies that the leader <laughs> is not. You know, we're going to fail. You know, I'm not into failure. I don't know about you, but I don't like failing. Um, but we know we know that the the a, a central tenet of success in building successful organizations is to have a fully engaged leader who buys into this idea that we have to work collectively around uh, building this sense of identity, the sense of purpose, connection around values that's not just talk, but is walk and aligning and really engaging and exciting people, which I think people want to be, you know, mm-hmm. we a lot of time at work doing what we do and i think people want to be a part of something that they think matters and more importantly they want to believe they matter Mm -hmm. that's part of what we hopefully help leaders do so kind of connecting with that you know once you have the the top leadership on board and you have to filter down your your branding message you know who you are to the lower level people how do you equip the people you work with to do that so we do it a little bit differently. Uh, we have a process called branding from the core, like I said, shared with you earlier. Mm-hmm. This begins with the belief that you have to get the people in the room who are part of the, the company. So we do these, after getting clear again, we do what's called leadership, we call leadership dialogues, which is really spending a lot of time with the leaders kind of getting to the core of what they believe and why they exist and what they're wanting to do. And again, what does it look like when we get there? And once we do that, then we do organization dialogues where we bring the entire organization together, either in one room or through a series of sessions where we really engage them and their perspectives about the core brand of the organization, meaning what do we believe in? Why are we here? What do we do better than anyone else? In the branding world, we call it a platform. But more importantly, that process is about helping the organization construct what we call an identity narrative. And and that differs from a brand story. And I'll explain that in just a moment because brand story is something a lot of people use, but we begin with something called an identity narrative. And through this series of dialogues, which are is based on a process called appreciative inquiry that was developed by uh, David Cooper Ryder and colleagues out of Case Western University and something I've used for you know 15 years. And so the process of appreciative inquiry is about understanding the storylines, and you'll appreciate this as a journalist, the storylines of the organization. And then by it, bringing those people together and gathering that information, we then listen and collect and analyze, synthesize uh, through basically qualitative research methods, the storylines that we hear. And from there, we write a narrative and it actually is a story or a narrative about the organization. And what that reflects is how the organization sees itself and what they want the world to believe about them. So in nature, or that would be, that is naturally two things. It is what is and what can be, Mm -hmm. right? So that narrative is about, yes, this is who we are and what we believe, but equally important, this is where we want to go. So the answer to your question is, 
we don't push it down. We push it up. <laughs> you know, we go into the organization itself. The importance of a dialogue, an organization dialogue, is to engage the stakeholders, the people who have to live this story in actually creating this story. And then from that story, we do two things. We translate it through what you would consider the traditional brand marketing, you know, the videos, the print, the whatever else is needed to communicate it to the marketplace. But the other part of it that we work with is in helping the organization say, well, if this is who you say you are, how are you going to create those experiences mm -hmm. for the people who interact with your organization, the customer experience? So again, going back to what I was saying earlier, it is that bringing those stakeholders together, shaping that identity narrative, and then translating that into a way that connects with the marketplace and then gives that guidance now to the internal team of, okay, how are we going to translate this through every customer touch point so that we, we live who we say we are, mm -hmm. thus creating that trust that we talked about earlier that's so important. I'd like to talk a little bit about the, the book because I like the idea of a lot of times we're working with organizations that are struggling, but there's the other side of things where maybe a company is very successful, but they're a flash in a pan, they're here <laughs> today, gone tomorrow. I'm assuming based on the title and my limited information that that's kind of what the book is about? Well, the book is about, it's called Beyond Sizzle. It, when we created uh, branding from the core, we really struggled with the word branding because people thought about branding as being the logo mm -hmm. or it was about the pretty stuff, right. you know, never really got to the deeper aspects of what a brand truly is. And so the beyond sizzle part of this speaks more to the idea that a brand and the process of branding can be much more about engaging stakeholders around meaning and purpose and really uh, building a culture that is consistent with, again, that vision of the organization. And equally important, Beyond Sizzle, is about creating trust, not about an ad, not about an initiative, but truly about a strategy for creating trust uh, through building consistent meaning with the marketplace. So it's, it's, it's not so much a flash in the pan about a company. Mm -hmm. It's about a flash in the pan, if you will. And I hadn't thought about it this way, but I'll go with it. It's all the pan, so I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's about, I may borrow it from you. Uh, it's about a flash in the pan from the standpoint of, you know, building meaning long-term, because ultimately we believe branding is a process, a, a vehicle for building reputation. And mm -hmm. of course, we know that is the most valuable asset any organization can have. So perhaps taking your metaphor of a flash in the pan concept, it's, it, it, you know, where people try to do advertising mark campaigns or marketing initiatives or, you know, the latest, greatest program internally to quote, engage people. All of those things are pretty much flash in the pans. When you look at the the idea of a flash in the pan, when people attempt to, to try to own a position in the market through inconsistent, one-offs, temporary flashiness, that's really not going to do what you want to do in the, in the long term. Mm -hmm. So again, the concept of Beyond Sizzle is looking at a longer term strategy, very much tied to business planning and, and your intention of what you're trying to achieve that is a very cohesive and integrated approach that says, let's bring the whole organization together around this intention to be this 
and let's be sure we tell a great story and live a great story. Simple, yes. Complicated, yes. A fast fix, no. But it works. Yeah, I think about when you're coming up with these like, oh, we need more customers, we need more people, we need more revenue. You're thinking it from short term. But if you think about, you know, how do I build a relationship with somebody so they'll keep coming back time after time or even tell their friends so that, you know, this business keeps growing through the trust that I've instilled with the person who's buying from me. One of the things we talk about in the book, you know, I just shared with you the idea of this narrative, you know, this brand narrative. And again, that's the intention we have. That's kind of you know, how you always hear people say, we can't get everybody on the same page. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you can't get everybody on the same page because you've never given an opportunity to get on the same page right? You know, to really invest in that. So I think that when you, when you look at this idea of building reputation, if we, if we kind of both accept that the process of branding, building meaning that matters to people uh, is that's what branding is. And then if we do that consistently over time, we build a reputation that should align with that vision of how we want our organization to to be perceived. So uh, from a process standpoint, the branding from the core, what's that we call the story, the narrative, the the sizzle, if you will, getting you dressed up and looking really good, Mm -hmm. making sure how you look is consistent with your internal self. Then you gotta go get a date. Right. Um, so the idea of, of the first part of our branding process is that getting you look dressed up and making sure, again, what's inside and what's outside is consistent and cohesive. So now we've got to go build a business, right? We've got to go build business. So we work from a perspective of something that we call the brand continuum. And the first part of that brand continuum, and it's many people call it different things, but you know, you've got to first create awareness, interest and action. Okay, that's what a lot of the external marketing does uh, mm-hmm. and the investment people make in that. But where people just, it's very interesting how much money people will spend on getting customers to the door and then just assume that the customer experience is going to be. So the amount of time and energy and effort really creating that satisfaction, loyalty, and advocacy, which you're talking about, it's how that all fits together that is the best return on investment that you can make. Uh, I always say to people, if all you want to do is go out here, spend money on fancy advertising, which we're very good at at ID Group. I mean, we're award-winning. I mean, I've got some of the best creative people in the in the country. We're very good at that. But there is no amount of money, <laughs> no amount of creativity that we can, can, can do and spend that will, in the end, result in re- what you're really looking for are those advocates And that can only be created when, yes, you get them to the door, you create those expectations, but then you got to deliver. That's why it's so important when we start talking about the narrative, engaging stakeholders from the very beginning, it's so important that they are part and feel a part of the company and what it's going to deliver and what it stands for and why it exists. You know, the the old statement, and again, I have lots of monisms, one of which is people will defend and protect that which they help create. Mm-hmm. Well, that narrative is what they're helping create. Now we challenge them to create customer experiences that align with that narrative. And that's hard. It's hard. You know, everybody looks at me and says, well, yeah, okay. I said, no, no, this is hard. <laughs> If it were easy, uh, everybody would be successful at it. But as you know, the degree of really satisfaction and beyond satisfaction, that's that's kind of the basics, really loyalty, advocacy, 
is, is something difficult to achieve. And you, but you can't do it if you don't get your, your team on the field. I think it's one of the most educational experiences and something we do a lot is we sit down with the top leadership team and we say, what is the vision and strategy of your company? And we have them all answer individually. <laughs> and invariably somebody goes, well, none of these match up at all. And we go, you know what? That's a great starting place. <laughs> Let's all get on the same page. And then imagine, as you know, you get the leaders in the room to do that. And if they're not on the same page, moving in the same direction, and you know, they're doing this, how can people in the organization? Mm -hmm. The other thing leaders, in my opinion, don't do enough of, and that we find so powerful in the dialogue session, there's not enough celebration in organizations around what people are doing well hmm. and what they're doing right. And then there's not enough listening. You know, I'm always amazed when I'm listening to, or we're in these dialogue sessions and employees are talking about, you know, well, if we did this and that, that, these leaders are going, well, why didn't they tell us? <laughs> it's because you've never asked. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, and also that the importance that I just want to reinforce and because it's kind of foundational to my belief system and how do you build these very powerful, high-performing organizations is it's very important to understand that we can spend a whole lot of time in the old SWOT that you know SWOT uh, analysis. What's you know what's our strength? Yeah, but what's our weaknesses and what's our threats? And so we get in this negative kind of cycle of what's not working, mm -hmm. and that takes energy away from what is working. Mm -hmm. So branding from the core builds on the concept of what are we the best at. What are we doing really well? And building on that, how can we create that next level of possibility? And what that does is when you engage an organization around those kind of questions, it elevates the energy. It elevates the potential. We see, you know, innovative ideas because people aren't now saying what's not working, you know, because that's got to be somebody's fault. And no one really wants to talk about that. But if we shift the questioning around a little bit and we say, when we're at our best, what does it look like? Uh, what are we most proud of? And if we were everything we wanted to be, what would it look like? Those are different questions that I believe builds into the vitality and the health of organizations. And we need that mm -hmm. um, in our world today. We, we need hope. We need a sense of purpose. We need a sense that we're a part of something. Our voice is a part of something and we can do something. We can do something really cool together. So that's a, that's an important piece, I think, of the book and just my basic philosophy about building great organization. Well, I want everyone to read the book and ideally I'd like them to work with you. But if there's an <laughs> entrepreneur or a leader out there who's going, okay, all of these bad things sound like me. What are some, some quick takeaways you could have them start working on the process before they get their hands on the book or before they start working with you? Yeah, well, thank you for that. Uh, yeah, the book is the book was written just very, very quickly. It's, it's really two parts. One is a bit philosophical, a little bit academic on the first part, really building the case for why now is the time to create new levels of engagement with stakeholders around purpose, values, et cetera. The second part I call a playbook. So it really is somewhat of a how-to, if you will, for branding from the core. I think what's really, you know, it, it, it's really difficult for me to say, what can someone do? Mm -hmm. Read the book, <laughs> yeah, read the book. And, uh, you know, because I do think it will, it will shift a pair. It's, it's intended to be a paradigm shift. It's intended to be a different way of thinking about branding than perhaps you've ever thought of it before, because it really is intended to help leaders figure out how to construct and, and manage an organization strategically 
in a way that positions them in the marketplace as unique, as different, and as authentic. Equally important, it's the power of the people within your walls to help leaders do that. It, it is, you know, that's it's such a hard question for me to answer because one of the things I'm up against and have been up against for a long time, and really one of the reasons I read the book is like, let me just write this down mm -hmm. so I can explain that branding isn't what the branding of your mama and daddy or your grandparents or the way it used to be. Branding has a tremendous power to connect people, mm -hmm. to uh, engage people, to build a tribe, if you will, around what it is you do and why you're doing it. I have a quote in the book, if you want to go fast, go it alone. If you if you want to succeed in, in, in the long term, uh, travel together. Oftentimes leaders get very, they get in their, their world mm -hmm. and they don't afraid, I don't know what the word might be, to open up and to say, hey, I need help. I need to understand this. I want you to help me. There's nothing more powerful from a leader than to sit down with their people and to say, what do you think? I'm struggling with this. You know, that openness to those kind of conversations. You know, it's funny, I, I, when I do dialogue sessions, one of the pushbacks I often get, now you have to understand, I'm asking for everyone in the organization to participate. Mm -hmm. And I'm asking for a full day. <laughs> so my ask is big. It's a lot and of revenue loss. Huh? <laughs> it's a lot of revenue loss for the day. If you're the leader, you're looking at it. it's not revenue loss. No, no, it's you know what I mean. It's gain. Yes, it's yes. Gain. It's long-term gain. Yes, right? of course. But the thing that, that we get pushback a lot on is, oh my gosh, you're going to put like the CEO in the room with the secretary and this, and what if this, and what if that? And mm -hmm. there's such fear. Think about it. There is just such fear around dropping the curtains and the roles and really engaging people who ultimately decide and define the success of your organization. Mm-hmm. And that's the people inside your organization. And how could, can you imagine a football coach, you know, just kind of leaving the team on the sidelines and trying to win a football game? Mm -hmm. That's not going to happen, right? You got to get the team on the field. They got to, they've got to buy into the plan. They got to be a part of the plan. They got to bring their best talents. They've got to believe in what you're going to do. And together, there's a lot of things that can happen, but I don't know if you see it. I don't know what you're, what you're seeing in, in the world, but working at such speed and such complexity that people try to still manage <laughs> the pieces and parts when really those days are over. Mm -hmm. I think where the power is going to come and where it does come are in those organizations that engage when there's clarity around why we're here and let people go, let them make things happen. Uh, and that takes a whole lot of, uh, stress off of those those leaders so i've probably gone round and round and round and not answered your question very well around what can people do maybe it's just simply have great conversations talk mm -hmm. to people ask them what they think and listen deeply listen deeply because the answers are in the room and i do believe that the more you engage people in those solutions and helping you figure things out, the greater potential there will be for, for success. Our founder always has great analogies that he comes up with. His most recent favorite one is, you know, think about a an Olympic swimming pool. It has lanes and it keeps things separate so people have their different roles and responsibilities, but the water doesn't stop at each lane. It's all connected and the same water is in the same pool. That's, that's a really good, that's a very, very good analogy. And, and I think you're probably 
based on that seeing the same thing that uh, you know that I see is that we have very old models mm-hmm. of organizations and there's many many books how many books could we you know, oh, stack yeah. up that have been written about this idea that the silos need to disappear things need to be looked at differently we are still I think classically trained and it's, it's kind of hardwired that this is how organizations are supposed to be. And that's in some way what I'm trying to do with branding. I'm trying to say, look, this is not about a marketing effort. This is not about a logo. This is really about how do you build meaning around your organization mm-hmm. and how do you engage everyone in the organization to do that? So the silos go away and you see much more of a matrix of intention and clarity, you know, to try to, to to position and to deliver a level of authenticity that's so important. It's also similar to sitting in front of me here is a round table. And if I yes. were to get people to move it, you know, we all would be on our side and, and some people may be stronger than others. But if, if you're too strong and others are too weak, the table tips, you know, everyone yeah. needs to be kind of balanced. And if, if somebody's not helping at all, it becomes pretty apparent because this, the strain and the load goes to other people. So really being on the same page, lifting the table and seeing that the the result is we get the table from a to b not you know who lifts the best or who's not lifting or who is lifting it's about getting it over there together as a team and the preface to all of that is what we've been talking about this whole time you know is and you got to kind of understand that you got to move the table and where it's got to go and and you just can't go okay lift right (laughs) ahead of time here's what we're trying to do here's how we're going to do things together yeah, so it's it's isn't it interesting though? Are we saying anything that hasn't been said? Oh no, it's the the biggest mystery. I, I always say there's not a question out there that you have that someone hasn't answered it many many times. Right. And I, I was very hesitant to even write the book. I said, Oh my goodness, do I need to write one more thing? But <laughs> it, it it is different in that I am looking at branding a little bit differently, and I'm trying to shift a paradigm around that. But to your point, you know, how long have you guys been in business? Almost twenty years. Yeah. So like us, you know, a long time. And and we're all grappling with basically how do we help leaders figure things out mm-hmm. and engage people. But in so many ways, it's so simple. Oh, it's it very simple. So, it is so simple. Yet we just keep stumbling over ourselves. <laughs> so well, uh, another great analogy is that how many books are there written about dieting and losing weight? But really, it's about fewer calories in and more calories out through exercise. That's all you need to do to know that. And leadership's the same way. You just need to have a clear vision. You need to have people around you that clearly understand it. You need to communicate that. And you need to build your team through effective communication and trust. And if you do that, you'll have a successful company. And you'll have success. And, you know, but to your point, the the idea of exercise and diet, all the things that, you know, you're talking about, and there's every, I mean, every angle can ever been written, I think, has been written about dieting and exercise. But you know what the deal is? You got to execute. Yep. (laughs) You got to get up every day. And no matter how many books you read, no matter how many lectures you go to, no matter how many times you meditate, you know, ultimately you got to execute. Mm-hmm. And again, that's why in the book we we tried to divide this because my natural self is more philosophical in nature. I like to just, but there is the section in the book that is, again, the playbook that's intended to focus on execution. How do we do this? What are the, some of the things we need to do? Because again, there's the latest and greatest right for the last several years has been about the why of business, the purpose of business. And those are all great. I mean, I'm a believer, a very big believer in that. But how do you do that? Mm-hmm. And I believe Branding from the Core offers a unique, different way to do that. 
and to look at that through the lens of branding, which ultimately is about, again, that reputation piece that I think is crucial, increasingly crucial today in a world of skepticism where, uh, you know, people don't exactly believe everything that comes out of corporate America or even small businesses. Mm -hmm. So how do we overcome that skepticism? How do we overcome this sense of uh, us against them? And I think we do it with being real, doing the right thing, you know, being good corporate citizens and delivering great products and services and treating people right. It's, it's, gosh, I wish it were more complicated than that, <laughs> but it's not. Well, if people want to find this book, where should they go? It is on Amazon right now. And my website, monaamadeo.com, uh, you can go there and sign up. I call it to be part of the tribe. You know, join us as we try to figure this out together. I, like I often tell people, I'm not sure I have all the answers, but I'm really curious about how we figure this out. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I have some answers. You have some answers. Maybe together we'll end up building a little bit better world than what we uh, we have right now. We're always smarter together. Well, yes. thank you so much for your time, and I appreciate it, and I hope to have you back if you have uh, more books or other topics to talk about. You've been great. It's been fun. I look forward to staying in contact with you. Thanks for listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. Every little bit helps. Our website is hpleadershippodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hpleadershippodcast. Follow us on Twitter at HPL underscore podcast and shoot us an email at podcast at 360solutions.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.